welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And I have a special guest with us today, so energetic, and I think you're going to really benefit from everything she has to say and offer us. You know, for the listeners, the whole thing is to empower you through these insightful conversations. And I have our special guest, Amy Ledine. Amy, welcome to All Talk Oncology. <laughs> welcome. Oh my gosh, yes. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, when I seen your post, I just... You are so energetic. You're out there. You you promote good health or good nutrition and whatnot. And you are a cancer survivor. And so talk to us a little bit about that. You know, one of the things, you know, our listeners want to find out when they get diagnosed, what was that reaction when you first got diagnosed with cancer? Oh, gosh, you know, um, I was diagnosed in 2013. And I just didn't think that would ever happen to me. You know, like I, you know, I, I actually grew up Mormon, so I didn't drink or smoke. And I always like attributed that to like the potential, you know, maybe getting cancer if you were a smoker or, um, you know, I, at that point in my life, I had already lost, you know, 90 plus pounds. So I considered myself this clean eater and that I, you know, I was very intentional about my health at that point. So I, I really, you know, at first I would say I was a victim. Like I really was just like, this is not fair. I think I started to look for like links to it. And I, not that people shouldn't do that, but when I finally flipped my switch where it was like, it doesn't, you know, yes, I need to continue to be healthy and I need to continue to do all these things, but it really does not matter where it came from as long as I'm still continuing to show up as my best self. And that allowed me to at least be more of the already start to have the Victor attitude versus like searching online for how this happened. Like, how could this happen to me? And, um, you know, I, I had a little, I was a single mom. I was going through a divorce at the time. And so I was, you know, I had three kids. Um, my little one was not even two years old. And I had just um, opened up, like I had a, a boot camp business. Like I used to do boot camps for the U.S. Navy. And so I just like, I had a facility and I, I would just didn't even know what I was going to do. You know, I'm like, how am I going to now operate, like have, have a business as a single mom, but also deal with chemotherapy you know, because at that point they put me on the fanny pack where, you know, I'd have, you know, chemotherapy for 48 hours. And um, I was just in shock. You know, if I look back that first year, it's a blur, you know, it really was, you know, a blur for me. And nowadays, you know, like with you being a coach and I think back and I'm like, man, I wish I would have, you know, known, you know, now what I know in terms of so many, you know, don't go to Google and instead find someone that can help facilitate you through the journey, you know? So I was in shock, you know, I mean, that's like my initial, you know, just shock and victim. Sure. That is, that is, I think, everyone's reaction when you first hear that, because it can never happen to you, right? And it's like everyone else. And so now you get hit with this and it's like, oh my goodness. Right. And so as you go through this journey, Amy, you're like, okay, I'm a single mom with three kids. I can only imagine what your thoughts were about them, right? Because I, hope, I can't leave them. The fear that we have, I think this is why I got so obsessed with mindset is I try to explain to people that it's like, you know, you have a hundred units in your brain of thoughts 
And when you get something like cancer, it's the moment your feet hit the ground when you wake up that if you don't learn to control this, it's a constant fear. I had dreams, you know, repeating dreams that I would miss my kids like getting married, you know, and, you know, and that was so down the road, but I was, you know, I just, the fear and then you know, that would just get me very emotional. And I'm like, I can't live in this state forever because this is like the moment I'm waking up, I'm, I'm totally having like the fight or flight anxiety, you know, stress, um, how, you know, especially cause I was trying to hide that from them as well, because I didn't want them to worry because I felt like, you know, my daughter at that time, she's 18 now, but she was in middle school and, she was starting to have anxiety at school, you know, like mm-hmm. her grades were slipping, like the teacher was, you know, mentioning that. And I knew that it was related to her not being able to express that fear, you know, as well. So I, I look back and I'm like, it's no wonder I became obsessed with um, mindset was because I'm like, I mean, and now I laugh because I've had seven years of cancer. So I'm like, good thing I did become <laughs> a master in this area because it can, it can wreck you. I've seen so many people over the years that I I can see it right away, you know, and I can see right away how they're going to handle their journey all based on their mindset. Absolutely. So talk to me about that because you know what, for the listeners, I think that's so important. We, you and I both know mindset is probably 80% of this. So how does Amy go from oh my God, I'm not going to see my kids get married. And how do you transition to the mindset Mm. that you go, okay, no, I'm controlling my mind. My favorite thing to do is honestly, I think we have so many limiting beliefs. So I always say to squash a story or a limiting belief, you actually Google the complete opposite or search for the complete opposite. So I actually Googled stage four, non-small cell lung cancer, Ironman runners, or like I was looking for, I wanted the extreme story because I knew that if I could flood, you know, our brain is a software program. So if I could, you know, give it enough story, then when I'd wake up in the morning, I'd have less of the fear and more of the, it's possible to overcome this. And so when I started to do that, and I'm very, very intentional, like I'm not talking just a casual Google search, like I would print out the paper and the article on the person, I would start like, it's like a survivor, you know, vision board, because I also was careful not to label myself. Like as much as I love to hear a lot of these cancer advocates and advocate your story, I didn't want it to be me. Like I knew that if I make this just me and this is all I'm about, and I am just cancer, 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 I'm going to struggle because I already was, I'm assuming I'm going to make it to the other side and I'm going to talk as if I'm going to make it to the other side. But I don't want to be just the survivor. I want to be an overcomer and like thriver. So I like that was the first thing I did was when I found out, like, because they told me I have a less than 1% five year survival rate. And my youngest daughter at the time is four when I find this out. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to find every single person that's over five years. Like, I have to because I want to see this other side. And so I would just start to envision that. And, you know, I spend a lot of time every day, like every morning, still to this day, when I get up, I have what I call anchoring practices where when my feet hit the ground, I do this thing. I I take my feet and you know how you squish your toes, right? The squishing your toes, I have practiced. And I do this, like, like when I'm trying to anchor a new thought. So let's say I wanted to anchor just the gratitude that I'm alive versus the fear that I might die. 
So when I'm trying to anchor a new thought, I will do it about 20 times over. So I sit there, I squish my feet, I close my eyes, and I think of all the things on the other side, like all these people that have won it, all these overcomers. So that now, the moment my feet hit the floor every morning, guess what happens? That mm. connection to the floor and that squishing, I go right to, holy crap, I'm a rock star. I'm here today. I have another day to live versus for those first two years, I was fear, fear, fear. So mm. I do that with different things in my life. Like I also do it, did it with my car. Like I actually drove my driveway 20 times on the same day where as soon as my tire hit the, hit the, the pavement of my driveway, I went to my gratitude practice. So it doesn't matter what I'm doing in my life. Doesn't matter what news I have because our brain is a program. I hit the pavement and I go, I have so much to be thankful for. And so I just started looking for like mind hacks that would just help me. Cause I'm like, if I'm going to be in this journey for a while, I need to, I, I want to be the best in it. Well, such a, such a genius. You know, <laughs> you know I, I look at you, you transform that, you know, if that's a gym, you said, you know what? No, I'm not going to look at just, oh my God, what can I do? What and flood yourself with Google? You said, you know, how many people survived? How many people are out there running marathons with this? You know, yeah. that's I hope I hope people take away that that's such a gem, Amy. And um, but you know, you also mentioned something that's I want to touch on it. Two years. It took you two years yes. to get to that. Yes. So so this is everyone this can help people fast forward through this process, you know, totally. what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why you need to find like podcasts like this. You need to find a coach, you need to find an advocate. You need to find someone that's going to actually help you shift at least that initial thinking. I remember my medical advocate saying to me, okay, my first rule for you is no more Google, like no more Googling of your medications, no more <laughs> Googling of anything negative. And, you know, even to this day, like this last time going through it, you know, had I Googled the medications and the the tri series of things that I was on, I probably would have been freaked out. But I, towards the end, I said, I don't ever want to know what the side effects are because I know the power of placebo effect. And I don't want to know that you're going to tell me I'm going to be fatigued or that I'm going to yeah. be tired or that I'm going to have mouth sores because I'd rather it come as a shock and me be like, this, I'm going to just keep fighting it versus I'll tell you how many times when I knew the symptoms of things or the side effects, I believed it and I went right to it. That power of the mind, huh? It's crazy. <laughs> so talk to me about, you know, your fitness journey, because, you know, I look at that and a, a lot of times that that gets missed, Amy. You know, one of the things that happens, you know, we have this lifestyle outside of, you know, being diagnosed, right? We, we've lived our life a certain way and then we come in. And sometimes our, our lifestyle and what we put into our bodies prevent us from getting this type of treatments that we need because we can't tolerate it. Okay. Right. I mean, right. So how did you um, get into this fitness journey? Well, you know, I, uh, I was a, I was a chubby kid, you know, I, even at like, I mean, at birth, my mom says that I was 30 pounds at six months. And I say this because it's super important if you have children that you grow, you know, for lack of a better word, all your fat cells as a child, and those go into your old adult life. So even though right now the shell that you see of me is only 140 pounds, I still have it, all those fat cells 
that are really predisposed to just gaining this weight back because that's just sadly the the, the effects of being a, ch a chubby child. And so it's why it's so important as parents for us to really like be careful about that with our kids. But, you know, um, I, so I grew up, you know, chubby, I had struggling, you know, my mom was a struggling dieter. And um, in my twenties, you know, I got married and I had a little toddler and I no longer could make my excuse that it was like the pregnancy weight or the baby weight because he was like two. And I was at the park, <laughs> you know, because that's usually what people say. They'll go, but they'll they'll do it in months. They'll say, oh, my my kid's 28 months long or 28 months old. I'm like, you mean two and a half? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I was at the park and um, I realized that I was that mom. I was, I call it the park bench mom. I was the mom that when my son was coming over to me to like pull me over to the swing, I was fatigued. I was tired. I didn't want to go push him on the swing. I certainly didn't want to go try to even get in the playground because I was bigger and uncomfortable. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have like a moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm looking around and these fit moms, they're out there. But yeah. I am over here and I've probably packed like Funyuns and like an unhealthy snack for him. And I'm looking around and, you know, I always say like, where you want to be, look and see what their habits are. Cause you know, behaviors are not um, taught, they're caught. Your children catch them from you. You can teach health until you're blue in the face to your children, but what they're really actually going to get from you is what you do. And so I was, you know, really aware of like what other people were doing and I was not being that person. And so I came home that day. And thankfully had the moment. And over the next year and a half, I lost 90 pounds. And that got me into, it was funny. It was like just the natural, you know, like progression. Even though I had my degree in criminal justice, I started teaching aerobics classes because I was at the gym and I liked it. And then from there, I became a personal trainer. And then I worked for the U.S. Navy as a boot camp instructor. And then from there, you know, I went into, new, you know, once I, once I realized that, yes, exercise was super important, I was like, man, I'm not with these people the other 23 hours of the day. I need to learn everything about nutrition. And so it was just a slow, you know, evolution. And it was the game changer for me during my um, cancer and not just for like the healthy habits, but I truly believe that pushing your body in hard times, it one shows you what you're capable of. And I always used to say, and my husband, you know, he'll say, you are psycho because on my hardest days, I'm talking like if I'd had treatment or if I am feeling really achy, I would force myself to go to the gym. Even if I only stayed 10 minutes, because there were times I would literally cry as I left because I'd be like, I just can't do it. But I showed up and I would like push my body because you have so much more, like your mind will go further than your physical body. And if you can teach yourself that, that you can, you know, it's, it's a lot of power. I mean, I tell clients all the time, like, even when you get to say your goal physique wise, you have to start to see your training as daily personal development. It's you versus you and you pushing against actual resistance. You know, it's no different than the resistance in our mind. It's just now the physical. And so for me, I mean, I'd look around and I'm like, wow, this is so crazy. Am I, is there something like, should I not be training? Because I find that so many people get cancer and then it's like, it's time to go lay in bed and it's time to just do nothing. And I was the opposite. I was like, stop telling me that I can't or shouldn't do this. And my doctor's like, hey, as long as you're like washing your hands and doing all the things to make sure when your immunity is low, that you're not being reckless, 
go have at it because this is actually going to make you push and drive yourself to fight this cancer. Yes, absolutely. And look at you. I mean, right? You uh, not only have you've already trained yourself mentally. You, you have this mindset. You're training. You're training your body and pushing it to its limits. How has the nutrition side of that? Because you said you learned that along that way. How has the nutrition helped you um, with your cancer journey? Massively, because you know we you start to see that food is your fuel, and so like I think a lot of people get weak because you're not eating right, and so you're on chemotherapy and you have nausea and stuff. I started to see my food. I mean, since I know the days that I was able to keep more down, I just had more overall energy. And so since I had a little more, you know, knowledge in the nutrition area, you know, my husband, he would help me in that we would buy like the protein shakes that almost look like juice because, you know, when you can't, when you're on chemo, like nothing tastes good and it's all just like thick food. So he would find ways to put calories into me, you know, like I'd lived my whole life dieting and now getting cancer, like, you know, I lost 20 pounds during one of the rounds of chemo where it was like, listen, if you get too weak, that's when we start to really break down because then we're so weak and we can't even get out of bed. And so he would make me these shakes in the morning that, you know, they, he'd even add like dextrose powder into them because he's like, I need to get some things. You know, I went through, you know, I, I, I went through a season of no sugar. I cut all sugar out. And I think a lot of people don't, you know, understand how important it is to, try everything possible. You know, I was like, I will, I'll cut whatever for a season, you know, so that I can see the effects. And I must say, I mean, when I did, I did last year, I think, you know, about 50 days of no sugar at all. And really just, you know, single ingredient foods, getting in a lot of, you know, protein. Um, it was a game changer. You know, my, even just my regular lab work that would come back, they're like, okay, you're, cause I had a lot of organ um, inflammation at times where they'd even have to stop certain things just because my, I just was too inflamed. Whereas sure. if I, when I, when I cut that, it was like, they're like, what are you doing that is so different? And I'm like, wow, this is, you know, sugar is just one of those things that I need to always keep at limits, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so when you're dealing with this and right, we're talking about you, you were diagnosed with non-small cell Lung, lung cancer. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. You know, so for those that are going through that, what, what was one of the, the moments, one of the toughest moments you've experienced as, as you're going through this? I think, you know, when, so in 2018, I was pretty much told that we were just out of options. Like we were trying to have surgery. Um, this is a couple months before I ended up getting to have surgery. And, um, I, you know, they're like, you know, we're out of options, you know, we've, we're trying everything and it's just not working in your, your, all of your labs that are coming back. You're just starting to have a lot of like, it looked like kidney failure and, you know, things like that. Um, and that's when I went, you know, I, I went in all in on everything, my mindset, you know, I started to do a lot of, you know, I mean, I'm a big, you know, I'm a Christian, I prayed a lot, you know, but just seeing my future self, like I knew that I had scans coming up, I think it was about 60 days away. And I was like, I need to start visualizing the results and what they're going to say to me. And because at that point, it was like, I, this can't be it for me. Like I always, you know, I say to people, you can't be, there is no plan B for me. And I refuse to accept that. Like when they said it to me and I'm like, okay, I don't want to be head in the sand, but I, I'm listening to you and I'm acknowledging what you're saying, but I'm not quitting because the moment that you say that, that you're, you're accepting of it. I mean, I just had someone on my podcast that say, um, 
a Navy SEAL that he says the moment your body will physiologically gravitate towards it. Like he has seen it so much in his life that he's like the power of the audible word is, is, is so massive that even if you're feeling one way, say something different. I'm going to beat this like every morning, say it in the mirror, say it, you know? And so I, um, you know, at that moment, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I was terrified. I actually, you know, I used to take it out on my husband and I, I, I said to him that day when we, when they told me we were out of options, I, you know, and I share this because you are going to have those moments where you do have a give up. And this is why you need strong support around you. Because I said to him, I'm like, I mean, what do we, you know, what do we do? And he goes, okay, we talk about faith all the time, Amy. He's like, either you're in or you're out. Do you believe you're going to be to the other side or not? And I'm like, I believe. He goes, then don't even go to the place of what they just gave you. You are not going to be the half percent. You're going to be the, I mean, you, I mean, you are, you're going to be the person that actually beats this. And, you know, I needed that in that moment. And that was exactly what I started to do. So I, Every day I visualize like what my doctor would be saying. And the details do matter because, you know, they always say that your brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. So if you can create that imagination to feel real, because you got to have the feeling with it. So I, every day for like 60 days, I'd close my eyes and I, I knew even what his, his room looked like that he'd put the scans, you know, behind as we'd be talking. So I visualize what my scans would be looking like what my doctor would be saying to me, you know, all of those things so that I was, I wasn't just asking anymore. I'm expecting it. I'm expecting it. And that year in December, I had nothing short of a miracle. I mean, they were like, we cannot believe it. There is nothing here. You know, and at that point, that was when even like other doctors were like, now we want to talk to you, Amy, like what's, (laughs) what, what is your X factor, you know? And it's, it's so much of your mindset and your belief of where you are going to be. And, you know, till that, I had always said, until that last moment, I'm not ever going to accept a diagnosis. You know, I had an ALK gene mutation. I knew I needed targeted drug therapy. And I'm like, I refuse to, I'm, I'm going to be here. Like, there's just no plan B for me. Absolutely. So, so remarkable. And, you know, you said that was in 2018. Here we are, 2021. Uh, I'm looking at this, this thriver right in front of me, just continuously, just, just knocking anything out that comes in her way. And, Amy, that's it's so inspiring. I think it's so important. I mean, and I think, you know, I, I thought that that would be the last time, you know, last year during COVID, you know, I mean, it came back. And I could have even at that point gone, Oh my gosh, now it's back because I already knew the percentages. It was like, if it comes back, you know, will I beat it? You know, can I handle this? So let I me ne- pause you here for a second. Yeah. I, 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 so 2018, that news was given to you. And then in 2020, during 20. COVID, it came back. Yes, it came back. And we were on lockdown. So I wasn't even able to get like to the doctors that I wanted, especially right at that moment. I had to wait, I think it was about 40 days before I even got to have like scans and all those things. So I could have sat in the fear and I got immediately busy. I actually launched my podcast during that time because I realized I'm like, hey, I've been playing small in life. And this just came back again. And I still have been playing small after I've had one miracle in 2018. So it actually lit a fire. It did the opposite to me. And I think my blessing in it coming back, honestly, was I, you know, when I, in 2018, when I had what I called my Hail Mary surgery, 
I actually thought that day when I got the news that I would feel so much peace and relief. And, you know, unfortunately, the next day I woke up with fear it would come back, you know, and, and I talked to other cancer survivors that you start to have some survivor's guilt, which I did have. But more than anything, it was like, man, Amy, you just finally beat it after this five years and you're freaking worried. Like, why? when is the worry going to stop, right? So when it came back in 2020, I was thankful. I was thankful because I'm like, okay, finally, I now had that worry that I'd been, you know, on and off battling. It's here. So here it is, yeah. Amy. Now it's time to turn that warrior back on and be like, all right. And it taught me because, you know, as you know, this last month, it's only been, it'll be 30 days this Monday um, that I got the news that I didn't have to have lung surgery. And I, you know, it, it, it taught me like, really, you got to live every day. Like you have to live in your moment because I've wasted in this seven years, you know, a lot of time not staying present, worrying the what ifs, whereas yeah. now I'm like this, okay, I didn't have to have surgery. And you know what, if, if it comes back another day, whatever, I'm not going to think about it today while I'm sitting here talking to you because it does not serve me at all to stay in that worry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and, and for the listeners, you know, before cancer, Amy had, you know, what was important to her in, in life, you know, having your three kids. What is Amy's perspective now? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I feel sorry. I, I always say to people that I, I'm actually thankful for the cancer in that I see life differently. I just do. And I don't think, you know, because my husband's battled this with me and I always, you know, he says to me, he's like, man, your perspective, like, you know, it's just, it's so different. And it's, it, 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 if you can become the survivor and the overcomer and, eat and and meaning like in your day-to-day life, you do have the X factor because nobody else has this fear that we have battling it. They just don't. And so if you can change it from a victim and be like, wow, I get to have this perspective that life could be taken away from me because trust me, everybody else never thinks it's going to happen to them. Whereas I had to live it. So for me, life just is different. You know, the things that I am grateful for, like I'm, the gratitude is massive for me because I know what it's like to be battling that. And I know what it's like to have it just kind of dangling over you. And so, I mean, the things I'm thankful for now is time. You know, I never had put so much value on time that I do now. You know, I've, I've been very blessed with a very successful business and we've been able to do all the dream things that I've wanted to do, but nobody, you know, like I, I had a, during my journey, we've done a lot of like car rallies. I've had a Lamborghini, I've had a mm-hmm. Ferrari, I've had like truly all the tangible, like dream things for me. And it is nothing, nothing compared to my health and time. Right things right it's things yeah 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 and that don't become so important in the perspective of life right yeah absolutely yeah so talk to us give us something that amy enjoys to do you know some of the values you really appreciate now that you have this new perspective and you enjoying your family what is it that you do to kind of refresh and, and replenish that soul of yours you know, I, well, I love, I love my job because I love helping people overcome, you know, I mean, while yes, I'm a fat loss coach, it's actually all mindset, right? So I, I, I tease everyone that I'm truly just teaching you to chase your best self and become more aligned with it. 
So I find so much value in watching women overcome, like people that have really struggled with mindset for most of their life and not believe in themselves. And I always say that your transformation doesn't happen in isolation. So while yes, fat loss might be the the, the the thing that we see, it's actually just a metaphor for you leveling up completely because we we teach as coaches that it's not, um, you know, lots of people are really good at following a program. They'll do a program for X amount of time and then they actually yeah. just slide back to who they, you know, their old self. I teach that like, I want you to actually change who you are. So my, my favorite thing to do even myself is just chasing my best self. Like as a mom, it's like being more intent and playing with my kids more, you know, as a business owner, it's like really seeing where I can add value to my clients. And, um, you know, I just, it's like, I, I love seeing, you know, and I used to be like a contest prep coach, you know, me and my husband Mm -hmm. did that for years and not that I don't love that. And it's, awesome to see but we learned that what gets me more excited than anything is like having a woman like send me an email and be like I'm on vacation Amy and it's the first time I've walked on the beach in my bikini and I feel comfortable or this is the first time that I walked into a store and the jeans fit me you know those things like excite me because it does help them build confidence. And then I see them just skyrocket because once you see that you can do something like this, like overcome your fat loss or overcome your mindset with it, you're unstoppable because if you do what you say you're going to do, you will actually get there. You'll reach every goal. Like, yes, you may need the strategy, but I always say to people like your, you know, confidence is built through previous performance. So you have to show yourself that you do what you say you're going to do. And that's what this seven years has taught me. And then it's like, I can pivot into anything I want because now I know that, Hey, I know at the end of the day, I am going to do what I say I'm going to do. And I'm obsessed with it. I, I tell all my clients, I'm obsessed with keeping my promises. Awesome. You know, you. To me, I, I feel the same way, Amy, my word, it has to be everything, you know, it's been a battle, but I realize that when you consistently do that, it says a lot and it does something internal to you. And creating those core values, you know, you talked about what do you value? What do you, you know, um, I actually had the the most amazing blessing of meeting John Maxwell. Like he was on my list of people that I'm like, I want to, you know, I want to meet him. Not only did I get to meet him, we had lunch together. He's going to be mentoring me, but he talked all about how, you know, it's all about chasing your core values and your core values of who you become. And most people, even especially as like at a child level, they don't have that. Whereas we need to be teaching our children and ourselves, because most adults don't either, that yeah. what you focus on expands. So if you don't even have a set of values, you're chasing nothing. And I was that person that wasn't chasing anything. Integrity matters to me. Then you know what happens? One, people that have high integrity gravitate towards you, but you also then start to see the people that don't have integrity and you need to make sure that you keep them at, you know, length end because you know, that's going to affect you. And I didn't notice that for so long in my life until I actually, you know, we created core values for our business, for our family, you know, so that they chase those things as well. Absolutely. So remarkable, right? On how, how something is small, I say small, but it's, it's really not something as core values in your business yes. translate into who we are personally. You're like, how did, how did that happen? <laughs> and, and it's amazing. I have seen in the last, you know, I say that my personal development journey has really been heavy the last three years. 
I've seen my entire circle completely change with who um, I meet, who I connect with. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's incredible. And it's because I decided to, you know, claim my stake on certain core values that this was just it, you know, like as a, as a company, we talk about never peaking. And so all of our coaches, it's like, you got to be constantly learning. And as you really just drive those home, even with your kids, you know, do the right thing. They'll start to just gravitate towards it. Their friendships will be those same types of people. I mean, I've seen that even in like people that you're attracted to, you're attracted to what you're like. And you'll also then repel, you know, I almost did a business deal with um, someone a couple of years ago that honestly, I probably would have not noticed the lack of integrity this person had, but because integrity was such a heavy high one for me, I couldn't do it. You know, I saw it and I'm like, whoa. So it's, it's massive. It's so massive, you know, and, and as we get into this, you know, those that are listening, I hope they're empowered by this. And, and Amy, your energy is so, so off the roof, right? I, I love your energy. It's great. It's contagious. And, you know, I hope that people can glean and benefit from this. What is it something that you can tell anyone that's been diagnosed with non-small um, cell carcinoma of the lung? I I would say that, you know, I think people think I'm special. Honestly, I will say that like they meet me and they go, man, you're just so amazing. I'm like, I have been through, I mean, I, I didn't even share this, but you know, I got pregnant in high school. So I, I placed a baby for adoption, meaning like I, I didn't have values. I ended up having, um, an affair in my marriage that, um, I'm very open about it now. And I say these things because my mindset was weak. I was an old, think about it. I was overweight. I didn't have personal values. Like I didn't have a lot of drive. You can change who you are at any time. Like that is one amazing power. Humans are so adaptable. So if you've just been diagnosed with something and you're like, yeah, but I'm not like an Amy or I'm not like so-and-so like you need to squash that right now because Mm. we have the power to become, I mean, I, I, I'm so grateful for my mess, but I see 10 years ago that Amy and this Amy today is all because I've been intentional and it's, we can acquire this all through like skills and that's just daily practice. So if you're feeling like, man, I'm not that person, start today. Yes. Start today. You know, Amy, so powerful. Another gem. You've been dropping nuggets here and, I, and that's what, <laughs> that's what I hope for, you know, so powerful. Anyone has been diagnosed, anyone's their lifestyle has not been what it should be. Um, that's okay. Start today. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You can't change yesterday, but we can move forward and, and decide what we're going to do starting today. Absolutely. You know, and Amy, and that's what I say to, to, to anyone that's been diagnosed with, with cancer and whatnot, you know, cancer coaching is, is fairly new. You know, I've been in this for about 20 plus years uh, as a therapist and cancer coaching wasn't around, but now it's starting to become a thing now. And I say to those that are listening, if you are recently diagnosed or if you finished your treatments and it's like, oh my God, what now? Because that happens right now is everything you've gone through this whole cycle and then you're finished and it's like, what now? You know, cancer coaching can really benefit you. And those, those plans are structured for you specifically to get you to a location. And, and as you just finished saying, Amy, the values of, you know, your perspective of what they were before cancer 
as far as what they are now after cancer are completely different. And cancer coaching can help you with that. I And I will say being a coach that um, I'm not a cancer coach, but I would say anyone should have a coach because they're going to get you to your place 10 times yeah. faster than you do it on your own. And I mean, I love that there's so many people out there that offer things like you do because you know, you are going to have those moments where you're like, what now? What do I do now? And you can have someone facilitate you through it. Like I, I if I would have had that seven years ago, I can't imagine those first two years, I certainly wouldn't have been spinning my wheels. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. You, you are amazing. Any, any final thing you would like to say to our, to our listeners that are, uh, are tuning in right now? You know, I, I just recorded my own, like, it's just a solo interview of, of my this 30 day anniversary. And it's that believe in miracles, always believe you're going to be the miracle. Like just do it doesn't because it doesn't hurt you to believe positive things like ever. Like even if I was to die, like at the end of all of that, what would have hurt to stay positive the whole way? So believe in miracles mm -hmm. and stop thinking of your plan B. Most people, they say they're only in plan A, but they're like, but this stop <laughs> with it, like squash your plan B. And that's my two things. Yes. Gems dropping nuggets today. <laughs> Who knew that you were going to come here dropping nuggets? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's more, and I tell you what, more valuable than the Lamborghini you had, too. <laughs> 1000%. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for Amy for coming in on our show. Amy Ladine, thank you so much for joining us here on All Talk Oncology. So, just to kind of recap some of the gems, one of the things she talks about is that she was a victim in the beginning. Right. It was overwhelming. Uh, how is she going to get through chemo? She was a single mother with three kids and just the fear how that can control you if you don't control it. So mindset was the key. Right. And you can see this. This mindset is a common denominator uh, throughout all uh, each of the episodes. And we have so many limiting beliefs is what she talked about. And so how do we get through that? We have to fight that. We have to develop a mindset. She said, instead of Googling all of the things that are out there for, for her uh, non-small cell carcinoma of the lung, she decided she was going to do the extreme opposite. She started Googling people who were successful with her diagnosis, looking at all of the different things that people with her diagnosis were thriving in. And so I hope that helped you out as well to be able to look at someone or to Google someone with your diagnosis and how they're, how they're being successful. Because through people's stories, you can, find, you can find hope. You know, another thing that she talked about was being able to push yourself, being able to push yourself beyond your limiting beliefs. And for her, one of the things she talked about was even going to the gym. And she was going and trying to push her body. And basically the determination is what will help you to um, push, push you through through cancer. And so she was pushing herself and pushing her body to limits, right? Another thing she talked about is another gym I hope you picked up on was visualizing your success. She talked about visualizing the doctor putting up uh, the scans and that being negative. So your mindset, your belief and your hope, you know, these are all things that you need to live your life like every day. And so I hope that you benefited from having Amy on the show. Again, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us here at All Talk Oncology.
Here's where you'll find up-to-date discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you on your cancer journey. You're not alone in this. We're in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, AKA The Cancer Guy. Until again, 